Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, June 24th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. We are back again with another, yes, another top 10. And this week we are doing the top 10 players from the San Antonio Spurs franchise history. Um, one of my favorite teams growing up when I was younger. You, um, If you've been listening to this podcast, you definitely know that I'm a Raptor fan. But my second team, probably ever since I was like 7 or 8, it was the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know. They they just kept winning and winning. And that's just what drawn to me to them. And, you know, they've had the same team for a while. Their whole thing, you know, about loyalty and just like kind of like getting the players that no one really talks about but still doing well for them. I always like that type of philosophy in their culture and all that. So... I kind of adapted them as kind of my second team, my team out west, um, so to speak. But yeah, it was very fun, like um, compiling this list, and I'm very excited to um, talk about it. So, yeah, there's that. But yeah, we're gonna get right into this podcast very soon. But before we get to that, let me get into my plugging. Please follow TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. We are now on two more streaming platforms. Can you believe it? Um, obviously, if you're on Podbean, please follow please um share with your friends please download we have somehow just got us like a small spike in downloads and we're actually like only like 20 lessons away from 1000 downloads which is absolutely fantastic thank you guys for the support hopefully um we're gonna get some more um this podcast and continue to grow and grow um in the near future which is um which is like hopefully what i can do um if you're an apple podcast please um, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and all and all that good stuff. Um, share with your friends as well. We are now on Spotify. Just got the confirmation yesterday. So if you're on Spotify, please listen to the... Um, you can listen to the podcast as well. And also now on Anchor. So, um, yeah, my podcast is going to be live on Anchor as well um, each episode. So, yeah, we're just going to continue to um, expand the network, and hopefully we can get this onto YouTube. Hopefully um, we're going to get into some collabs over the next... Um, few weeks or so we're almost reaching my 100th episode which is absolutely crazy to think about but you know we're getting there and yeah i'm very very excited to um um see like what this podcast has in store like down the line so yeah that is it for like the plugging and let us get right into the top 10 um tantamony spurs players of all time and we're going to be obviously starting with some honorable mentions. We have three here today. The first honorable mention we're going to be ha- that we're going to talk about is Mr. Bruce Bowen. Yes, he is. He played eight seasons for the team, and he has his number twelve jersey retired. You know, not the great, like not the most like eye poppy stats out of the world. Six point one points per game, two point eight rebounds, one point two assists, on forty um, percent shooting. But the thing about this guy was, you know, he's a three time NBA champion. This guy made all defense. Eight times, and he's also top ten in games, minutes, and three pointers. You know, this guy was just an absolute bulldog back in the day. This guy was one of the best defenders of the two thousands. You know, he would get up all in your face, and he wasn't really afraid of anyone. I mean, like this guy would like had the assignment most days. You know, to guard some of the most lethal forward slash guards in the league, whether it was LeBron James, whether it was Kobe, whether it was, um. You know, like, he had even to, like, go against, like, T-Mac back in the day. So, like, this guy had, like, a lot of tough assignments. And he was, and he wasn't afraid of the challenge. And what made him so important to the Spurs um, system was that, you know, when you have someone like him on the perimeter, 
and you have literally one of the best defensive big men in the of all time, and Tim Duncan right behind you. Like, it's gonna be tough to score on. It's definitely was it's definitely gonna be tough like that. But you know, it, it, he was he was um, extremely vital to those three championships championship teams that he um, won with. You know, but you know he didn't have the massive title lines, but he's definitely for sure a Spurs legend. So one of the honorable mentions being is Bruce Bowen. Another honorable mention we're going to be talking about is Mr. Avery Johnson, who spent 10 seasons with the team and has his number six jersey retired. You know, averaged 10 points, 10.1 points a game, two rebounds, 6.9 assists. He's a one-time champion, top 10 in minutes, games, assists, and steals. You know, kind of like Bruce Bowen, he didn't have the greatest stats, but he helped contribute to the culture, which is um, the San Antonio Spurs. You know, the little general, his nickname, um... As his nickname shows, you know he was a he was a good point guard for the team. He six point nine assists is a pretty damn good um, um, career averages, and you know he did what he was supposed to do. Whether he was coming off the bench, whether he was starting, he did like what was asked of him, which was you know playing um, tough defense for a point guard, and also just distributing the ball, which he did at a pretty consistent rate. You know his hard playing style, you know. Um, Back in the day, kind of like translated to him in his coaching because everyone knows Avery Johnson and his, you know, his unusual voice for sure. But um, he's he's definitely like one of those like hard nosed coaches who like wants to get the best out of their players, and hit and that personality on the court led to um, led to him, you know, coaching and kind of developing that personality off the court. So um, yeah, I mean, he had multiple stints with the Spurs and was lucky enough to get his jersey retired there. Um, which is great, you know, one-time champion as well. So he had a pretty damn good career for them, but, you know, compared to the rest of the guys in the top 10, he can only be an honorable mention. My third and final honorable mention we have is Mr. Mike Mitchell, who spent seven seasons with the team, averaged 20.1 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.4 assists, top 10 in points, um, top 10 in points, minutes in games. And what about him is he's kind of like the unheralded um, second um, second leading scorer on those um, early nine, um, 80s teams for the Spurs. Everyone talks about George Gervin and how dominant he was, but this guy was not um, not too shabby himself. You know, 20 points per game in his um, San Antonio Spurs career. And, you know, he was a fantastic scorer. And like even and he made like the, you know, him and George Gervin helped lead the Spurs to a Western Conference Finals appearance, even though they... Went up against to, um, even though they went up against the Showtime Lakers, which they couldn't um, get past. Um, he never made the All Star game with the Spurs, but he, you know, he did. He definitely deserves some recognition um, on this list as an honorable mention. So yeah, those are the three honorable mentions, and let us get right into the top ten San Antonio Spurs players of all time. Starting off with number ten, we have. Artist Gilmore, the Hall of Famer who played five seasons with the team, um, averaged 16.1 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, 1.5 assists, was a two-time All-Star during his time with the Spurs, is also top 10 in blocks, rebounds, and number one in field goal percentage. You know, Artist Gilmore, um, everyone knows him. He was a former um, MVP, played for the Chicago Bulls and all that. So when he came to the Spurs at the age of 33, you know, he was... He was past his prime for sure, but he was definitely still effective for the team. Um, he was part of that team with Mike Mitchell and George Gervin that made the Western Conference Finals, but again, couldn't get past the Showtime Lakers. And what was impressive about his um, Spurs tenure was, even though in the short stint, which was five seasons long, 
he still like racks up like rack, he racked up a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of blocks, and he's still like I believe like top ten, like probably around six and five, like in those categories still to this day. And he only played like five seasons for the team, which is you know very like like which is very impressive. So like even though like he was past his prime, he was still able to be a big um, contributor to the Spurs team, and yeah. Um, didn't get much success, only a short stint, but he definitely still deserves to be on this list. At number 10, we have Artis Gilmore. Coming at number 9, we have another player who didn't spend that, who didn't spend too long with the San Antonio Spurs, but made a huge impact. We have Alvin Robertson, who spent five seasons with the team, averaged 16.2 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 5.4 assists, was a three-time NBA All-Star, was the 1986 six most improved player was a one-time defensive player of the year that same year made all nba was a six time all defense he's also top 10 in assists per game steals per game assists and steals um Ar- alvin robertson's claim to fame was that this guy was just a defensive monster i mean if you look at his career stats three steals a game like that is like unheralded that is like unheard of nowadays and the thing about alvin robertson which was impressive about his game was you know, we talked about Bruce Bowen and how he didn't put up the big stat lines, but was a fantastic defender. Alvin Robertson was a fantastic defender, but he had some like he had some good stats to back it up. I mean, sixteen points a game, five point four rebounds, five point four assists. Like he was an all around threat, and but even though like his specialty was on defense, and he would contribute like um, seventeen points a game in his four of his first five seasons. I think it's only his first years where he averaged like under ten points. So, like even though he was great on defense, he still gave you something on offense and. You know, the only connection I have to Alvin Robertson, like, even though he played for the Spurs back in the days, I think he spent, like, one season with the Raptors during their inaugural season. But he definitely spent his best days on the San Antonio Spurs, was an absolute defensive beast. But the only reason he can't really be further up this list, even though he has some pretty good accolades, is that, you know, they never made it past the first round with him. And sadly, like, he wasn't there for the David Robinson era of the team. Like, he was literally traded for Terry Cummings this season. They drafted D-Rob. So, you know, that's unfortunate, but um, he still deserves some love on this list. You know, um, Alvin Robertson, you know, one of the best defenders of his era. And he is now number nine on this all-time Spurs list. Coming in at number eight, we have James Silas, who spent nine seasons with the, with the team, um, have his, has his number 13 jersey retired, averaged 16.7 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, 3.9 assists, was a two-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-ABA, top 10 in points, assists, field goals, games, minutes, and minutes. This guy was basically like the first star in the franchise's history. Um, one of the players that was like with the team during the transition from the ABA to the NBA. And, you know, he's just one of those players back in the day where you are not going to get like many highlights and stuff like that. But looking at the stats, this guy was a pretty damn good scorer. And his best season definitely coming from definitely coming in seventy five seventy six where he averaged twenty three point eight points a game five point four rebound um, assists and five rebound four rebounds my bad um, but yeah like he was like the first star of the team he had um, quite a number of years there but um, in his ABA days you know made didn't really make it past the semis um, was there I think before they even made it to the Western Conference Finals so. But, you know, he was one of the first um, stars, you know, got to um, shout out some of the um, absolute like, pioneers of the franchise. And James Silas is definitely the definition of that. So, 
we have James Silas coming in at number eight. Coming in at number seven is someone I think a lot more people are familiar with more than James Silas. We have San Antonio Spurs legend Sean Elliott, who spent 11 seasons with the team and has his number 32 jersey retired. He, um, during his time with the Spurs, he averaged 14.4 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 2.5 assists, two-time NBA All-Star, was a one-time champion, also his top 10 in games, minutes, field goals, threes, points, etc. The thing about Sean Elliott was like he he played 12 seasons in his career, 11 with them being the Spurs, but let's be honest, he, he's a Spurs throughout through and through. He spent that one season with Detroit, like literally like gobs back in the middle of his um um got smack in the middle of his career. But we'll forget about that. But you know, he's just one of those guys where, you know, he his stats like don't really pop out the screen to you some of the others that you'll probably see on this list. But he's a Spurs Spurs legend um um nonetheless. You know, he loved the team like he he's like um still with the team today, like being a commentator and all that. And he was just a damn good player during um, the 90s, like, Spurs era. I mean, he was a very, like, important player when they won that championship in 99. And whether whatever his role was, whether before, like, whether it was, like, the second option, like, to David Robinson back in the day, or whether it was being, like, a just a, a glorified role player when Tim Duncan arrived. Like, he just, he did his job, and he did it really well. And he, like, was a damn good defender. He could score, um, could grab a few rebounds, and was a decent passer. But everyone like who's a Spurs fan knows like why this team was an absolute why this guy was an absolute legend for the team, and all I'd have to say is the Memorial Day miracle, May thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, where um, they were down by um, two points to the Portland Trailblazers. I believe this was the Western Conference Finals, um, and this guy drifts out to the, th- the corner three, pops it, hits it, and the Spurs go on to win that game after being down 18 and him hitting the game winner to kind of seal off the comeback. And what was so important of the shot was, like, they were down against the Trailblazers in that series, and this um, kind of gave them, like, level footing with the Blazers, and everyone knows the story in 1999. They go on to the NBA Finals and win the championship that season. So he hits one of the greatest shots in um, Spurs history. This guy definitely deserves to be a bit higher on the list. So... Yeah, you know, he's he's just an absolute Spurs legend. And like I said, he's this guy is still a commentator for them to this day. So coming in at number seven, we have Sean Elliott. Going in at number six, I don't know how many Spurs fans are going to like this selection, but at number six, we have the claw himself. We have Kawhi Leonard. We spent seven seasons with the team, averaged 16.6 points per game, 6.2 rebound, 2.3 assists, was a one-time NBA champion, two-time All-Star, Two-time All-NBA, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, full-time, four-time All-Defense, and and also a one-time Finals MVP. Also top 10 in three steals and steals per game. I'm going to be completely blunt here. His exit was not the prettiest, but Kawhi Leonard needs to still be like um, respected within this, uh, um, as a player who was part of the Spurs history. I mean, this guy was the youngest MVP since Magic Johnson back in 1980 and after you know the Duncan Janobi Parker era ended in San Antonio like this guy absolutely just took off for the Spurs like um like his final like two seasons before the injury um sorry before like um that whole um you know like the thigh injury and stuff like that like the two seasons prior to that like this guy was just an absolute monster like this guy made all NBA twice this guy was a two-time defensive player of the year um, this guy averaged like 20 points a game, like in both 
like in both of those seasons. And he looked like he was literally about to be like the next Spurs star. Like if you think about it, like the Spurs transition from David Robinson to Tim Duncan almost um, so simultaneously. And now it's going to be Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard. Like the Spurs looked like they were going to have like a 30 year old dynasty. And sadly it didn't like end up that way. But you know, he, they had someone in Kawhi Leonard who was going to, who was just an absolute monster. And if it, let's be honest, like, if we go back to that um, 20, I believe 2017 playoffs, Western Conference playoffs, I mean, he was absolutely dominant in the playoffs. They go up against the Warriors, which they were up 20 plus points in that series, um, in that, in the game one. So it looked like they were like kind of on par with them that season. Like who knows what would have happened with Kawhi. I mean, this guy was absolutely dominating them and he probably like would have taken them to like the finals, like just to be completely honest. I mean, they had a chance at that. But, you know, that horrific um, leg injury really derailed that, and it it really went downhill after that, sadly. But, yeah, you can't, like, you can't deny, like, those, like, his career there. And although, like like I said, an un- a very ugly exit, he does still deserves to be on this list. So we have Kawhi Leonard coming in at number six. Now this top five, oh, man, these guys are, like, these top five are just absolutely loved by Spurs, and it was definitely hard to like put them in order. But here we go because these are these are absolute Spurs legends. Coming at number five, we have the Argentinian man himself, the uh, number twenty, who was retired by the team, spent thirteen seasons with the team. We have Manu Ginobili. Yes, Manu Ginobili. Um, he averaged 13.3 points per game in his career with the Spurs, 3.5 rebounds, um, 3.8 assists he averaged, was a two-time NBA All-Star, two-time um, All-NBA player, four-time NBA champion, was a 2008 Sixth Man of the Year, and he's also top five in rebounds, assists, points, steals, games, minutes, etc. If anyone do- doesn't know the whole Ginobili, like I'm screaming at the beginning reference, it was, um, you know, a whole thing with um, Charles Barkley and stuff, the way he would say his name, like. From inside the NBA, it's I don't know, it's always engraved in my mind whenever he says whenever I think Ginobili. And what was crazy about Ginobili is that he was a second round pick, um, who would eventually become honestly. Let's be honest, he's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. And yeah, speaking of that draft night, I loved um, that story that Tim Duncan said at um, Ginobili's re- um, jersey retirement, where um, David Stern goes up to the podium and it's like with the fifty seventh pick, the Spurs select Emmanuel Ginobili. And, like, I don't know, that story always cracks me up. But, yeah, this guy was part of the, of, of course, the Immortal Spurs dynasty that has lasted two decades. Um, he had the Euro step, which, honestly, like, a lot of people credit him for making him famous in the NBA. And this guy was just an absolute wizard on the basketball court. Like, this guy was an underrated passer, contrary to the stats, only 3.8 assists. But this guy had the handles. This guy had, like, the, the select passes. And what I loved about this guy was just, like, his... Like, he was just cool with whatever role he was, like, he had, like, this guy made two all-NBA teams, and, like, he had to, like, move to the bench to kind of, like, just have more balance in the lineup, and he was just okay with that. Like, this guy was, um, just did whatever what was needed for the team to succeed, and he always played at the highest level with whatever role he was in. Obviously, one of the most beloved Spurs of all time, and he's just, like, one of those players, like, you know, like, um, we're going to be talking about um, one of his teammates at number four, but 
just to think of some off the top of my head. Like you had people like Roshan Asterovich, Provincio Oberto. Um, trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head, like Patty Mills. Like the Spurs, like these like international guys, and they just like seem to kind of like work, and they always seem to have like some like um, good role on their team, and like very important. Like even like people like Marco Bellinelli, like these guys have been like important role players, important starters to the team, and. Ginobili is probably like kind of one of the ones that stands out among them, but was still like a damn good player, and I think he's extremely underrated in um, history just because his stats really do not like reflect how good of a player he was. But watching him like throughout my childhood, like like I said, like watching a lot of Spurs games throughout my years, this guy was an absolute baller, and deserves more love for sure. And that's why I kind of have him on this list. So at number five we have Manu. Ginobili. Coming in at number four, we have another person, part of that Immortal Spurs dynasty, a teammate of Manu Ginobili throughout those, um, throughout the years, and also has a jer- his number nine jersey retired. This is Tony Parker, who spent seventeen seasons with the team, averaged fifteen point five points per game, two point seven rebounds, five point six assists, was a six-time NBA also a four-time NBA champion. Four-time All-NBA player was the 2007 Finals MVP. He's also top five in games, minutes, field goals, points, assists, steals, and more. You know, like Ginobili, like 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 I said about Ginobili, like this um, the Spurs always try to like go overseas with some of their picks, and they they kind of like hit some home runs on two of these guys. I mean, Ginobili being the 57th pick, Tony Parker being the number 27th pick coming out of France, like. Um, this guy's an absolute Spurs legend and was the like the point guard for the majority of that two decade dynasty. Like he had such a slick handle, you know, he um, could finish with either hand around the rim. And obviously, everyone remembers his like signature, like Tony Parker, you know, little floater. Whether it was you know the one-handed floater in the paint, or even like that little pull-up where he, like he had that little soft touch like near the free throw line, like coming off screens and such, and. Yeah, this guy was just a very good point guard. And, you know, with his accolades, playoff success, championships, you know, like, I think this guy's, like, a super underrated player when, like, people talk about him, like, in NBA history. Like, some people would put Damian Lillard ahead of him. And Damian Lillard has nowhere close, nowhere close to the um, success that Tony Parker had in his career. And, you know, no hate on Damian Lillard, but... Sure, he's the number one guy on his team, and Tony Parker wasn't. But was he able to get him? Like, like they haven't like got past the Western Conference Finals until like last year, and even one year they didn't even make the playoffs. Like, it's I don't know. Like Tony Parker, I think just deserves to be have um be more loved in around like NBA circles. Like I even like have him like over Russ in like my all time rankings. Like this guy just like you need to respect like just like what Tony Parker did in his like career. And although, like, Tim Duncan is the one that always stands out on that team, like, Tony Parker was a damn good point guard for that team. And he deserves a lot more love. So, yeah, um, you know, what the thing that's only sad part about Tony Parker's career is that he didn't get to spend, it, like, his whole career with the Spurs. Um, but we're, we're going to forget that, you know, that final year with the Charlotte Hornets and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that that just wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't very great, so... But everyone's going to remember him as a spur. No one's going to, I bet you, 10, 15 years down the line, like, wait, Tony Parker was in a Charlotte Hornet jersey? Like, it's going to be so crazy, like, when like looking back at this, like, 10 years from now. But obviously, he's going to be remembered as a Spurs legend, and he is number four on their all-time list. 
Coming in at number three, we have the Iceman himself. We have George Gervin. We spent 12 seasons with the team, had his number 44 retired, and is a Hall of Famer. During his tenure, he averaged 26.3 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists per game. Um, was a 12-time NBA All-Star, 4-time scoring champ, 7-time All-NBA, 2-time All-ABA. The 1980 All-Star Game MVP is number one in points per game by far. Top five in points, blocks, deals, rebounds, minutes, games, and field goals, and other stuff as well. This guy is just one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. The Iceman was silky smooth out on the court and was almost impossible to guard. Like Whether it was hitting that like mid-range jumper, he had some athleticism earlier on in his career, and... What I loved about George Gervin was like those layups that he was able to do. Like he, like when you whatever you're looking back at George Gervin highlights, like this guy was could finish with both hands. This guy was just so, like was unstoppable near the rim. Like he, it's not like he had like the force or anything. He just had like the smoothness, like while gliding in the air and stuff like that. And um, he was just so cool on the basketball court. I think like w- like when he was with the Spurs, like he was beloved because like. His game was just cool. It was like considered fancy back in the day, and let's be honest, like this guy was like their first like superstar. I talked about James Stiles being their first star in, in, of their franchise history. Like George Griffin was their, you know, first you know superstar, and he and he like really came into his own when um, they made the transition to the NBA. And with George Griffin, like I talked about, you know, how he was a, the first superstar. Like this guy was. Like I said earlier, one of the best scores in NBA history. Had two 30-point-per-game um, seasons in his career. The only sad thing about George Gervin and why he can't even like make it a bit further on this list was he didn't win a championship. But even like even with that, you still can't deny like how great of a player he was. You can't deny like that he is one of the greatest scorers in, um, in NBA history. And he is a Spurs all-time great. And that is why I have George Gervin... At number three. Now, if you have, if you don't have these next two guys on, as your number one and two, then I don't know what to say. But this, but I think this is kind of like unanimous. If you really talk about uh, NBA fans and stuff like that, maybe even NBA like um, commentators or like announce stuff like that. So let's get right into it. We have coming in at number two. We have the Admiral. We have David Robinson. Who spent 13 seasons with the team is a Hall of Famer. Um, um, has his number 50 retired. Um, you know, averaged 21.1 points per game in his career, 10.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Was a 10-time NBA All Star. Was a 94. Was a 1994 scoring champion, 1991 rebound champion, 1992 block champion. Um, was a two-time NBA champion, 10-time All NBA, eight-time All Defense. Was a 1992 Defensive Player of the Year. Was the 1990 Rookie of the Year, 1995 MVP, and is also top five in points, steals, rebounds, blocks, minutes, games, field goals, etc. Um, fun fact: He got that name, the uh, the nickname, the Admiral, because he was um, part of the Army, and that's why he couldn't play his first two um, seasons of his NBA career. And you know, like this guy is considered one of the best centers of all time, let alone one uh, one of the best Spurs of all time. This guy was strong at sec, and what was crazy about David Robinson is, like, this guy was an elite defender. Um, like I said, he won Defensive Player of the Year one year. 
Um, standing at 7-2, this guy was just absolutely unstoppable in the paint. He had a fantastic post game. He had that little intermediate jumper. He was athletic for a guy his size, and he kind of like was the ringleader during like the majority of the 90s with the Spurs. And um, again, like one of the top scorers in NBA history. This guy was just damn consistent throughout his entire career. And obviously, like whenever you talk about the debate, like best center of the 90s, you always have to think, is it him? Is it Shaq? I mean, Shaq is more 2000s, but was it him or really Hakeem Olajuwon? And they had such great battles. Whether it was, you know, the MVP battle game where um, he got the MVP in, like, in front of Hakeem and stuff like that. Like, they just had so many great battles. And, you know, they really were jabbing back and forth, like, back in the day. And David Robinson, like, and Hakeem, you know, two of, like, one of the most highly regarded tenors of all time. So, it was great having that battle back in the day. But the thing was, and why David Robinson cannot, cannot be number one on this list was... First, and also, I didn't really mention this with the stats. He averaged 3.3 blocks a game. So, this guy was just an absolute monster in the paid. But, yeah, back to the point. Um, you know, he was a phenomenal player and all that. And the reason why he couldn't be number one on this um, team was, although he has the two championships, one near the end of his career, one, you know, he was still, like, very much, like, one of their best players. You know, he just couldn't lead the Spurs to a championship, especially, like, with them um, throughout the 90s. You know, they... Uh, I'm not going to say they had chances, but he just wasn't able to, like, lead them without a certain someone. And he wasn't able to win a championship without, you know, the greatest San Antonio Spur of all time. Which we will be transitioning into the number one San Antonio Spur of all time. We have the big fundamental. We have Timmy D, Tim Duncan, who spent 18 seasons with the team. is an NBA Hall of Famer. We could finally say it. He will be inducted... Well, it was going to be inducted this year, but the ceremony will be next year. And he also has his number 21 jersey retired. Still assistant with the San Antonio Spurs. He averaged 19 points per game in his career. Um, 10.8 rebounds to assist. A 15-time NBA All-Star. A 5-time NBA champion. A 15-time All-NBA player. 15-time All-Defense. To 2000 All-Star Game MVP. A three-time Finals MVP. A two-time MVP. The 1998 Rookie of the Year. Number one in games, minutes, field goals, rebounds, points, blocks, and top five basically, top five and ten, like basically everywhere else. You could say his game was boring. You could say that he was a boring individual. But you cannot deny his greatness. Like, who would have thought that a guy who would be rocking old Navy outfits to games would be the one who would be locking you down in a post, hitting you with the same freaking mid-range bank shot jumper dominating in the post and winning freaking two MVPs along the way in his career. This guy is honestly like if you guys listen to my um greatest NBA players of all time um podcast, this guy um I um I would consider the greatest power forward of all time. And what makes his career, you know, um so impressive and so um, you know, like just such a good career and like why he is highly regarded uh, in NBA history is that this guy did it for so long. Like he could su- sustain his level of play like for the longest time. And like what really impressed me was that even in his final season in the, in the NBA, made all NBA first team, was an all defensive player. And like this guy, like, like I said earlier, you could say he had a boring game, but it was so effective. Like um, this guy was one of the best defensive bigs of all time. 
And like I said, I talked about his signature bank shot. And he would do this without, like, saying a thing. Like, this guy would be on the court. This guy would be quiet as heck. I think, like, there have been stories about um, Tim Duncan where Kevin Garnett would, you know, would be, like, kind of trash-talking him in the whole game. You know, one of his greatest rivals. And Tim Duncan would just, you know, stay quiet. And, like, when, like, he would be the type of guy who would ask you, like, how was, like, the family and stuff during the middle of the game. Like, this guy was just freaking so, like, nonchalant, so relaxed. But he also was just, like, a humble player on the court. This guy was, um... He only had one technical um, foul in his career. He got ejected once in his whole career, and that was for freaking laughing. Like, this guy wasn't, like... <laughs> I remember that um, thing. I remember that um, game where he was sitting on the bench just laughing at a call, and he was ejected for that, which was absolutely... Ho- which is absolutely BS, but, you know, that happened anyways. But, yeah, you know, he's, like, looking, he's looked so fondly in NBA history because the loyalty is there, he his consistency throughout, and, you know, the, the humbleness he brought to the game. And with all that, the stats he's accumulated, all of the accolades that I listed out earlier on, this guy should be unanimously the greatest San Antonio Spur of all time. Yeah, that is my list. Um, I was a definitely like like once, especially like um, when you get like further like into the list, like especially with the top five, like these guys are kind of like unanimous Spurs legends and all that. Um, and yeah, they just have long storied franchise had a bunch of success, especially like during the century. And yeah, it was just super fun making this list. But I think this is where we're gonna end it. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, we have this podcast now on four different networks. I'm on. I'm in the process of trying to get it onto more networks. I, um, also trying to get it on YouTube, and yeah, just trying to like get it like uh, more everywhere. Hopefully, we're gonna have some collabs going on very soon. Hopefully, I'm gonna try to reach out to some people, some friends I could talk to as well. And yeah, um, I'm very excited to see like where this podcast is gonna go from here. So. Yeah, there's that. But this is where we're going to end it. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you all have a good day. Peace.